Get Bosworth, I want to turn to Matthew 24. I want to talk a, about a parable. How many love the parables? I think parables have incredible, practical things to say to us. I want to, I want to talk about the, the parable of the talents. After the parable of talents is, is defined as the great parable. So Matthew 25 and verse 14, and we're going to just look at this parable. I think God has a lot to say to us. Believe it or not, this is one of these things. Often things come out of things you kind of forget, believe it or not. And on Tuesday I was preaching, just sharing a little bit on the Tuesday prayer meeting, just sharing a little bit about how to position ourselves for a move of God. How, because how many realise God wants to move and do something amazing, awesome? And it's how we position ourselves and get ourselves in that place. And I was using Richard as an example. His surfing ability and how that when a wave comes, all about positioning yourself to catch the wave and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things I was going to say, and I forgot all about it, was about how God can use talents and abilities, which I'm going to touch on in a minute, as a way to position ourselves for God to use us and God to bring revival and move by spirit. And so that's what really came out of, really. But Matthew 25 and, and, and verse 14, it's the chapters of parables that Jesus told. But verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave two talents, to another two, to another one, to another according to his own ability, and immediately he went out on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents had traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise the one who gained two more also. But he also received one and went away and dug in the ground and hid his money. After a time the Lord of those servants came and settled the account with them. So he who had received five talents came and and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you deliver me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents. The Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of, you, of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you've delivered me two talents. Look, I've gathered two more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, and gathering where you've not scattered. And I was afraid, and went and hid your talents in the ground. Look, what you, what, what you have is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap what I had not sown, and gather what I have not scattered. So you ought to have deposited my money with, with the bankers. And my coming I would have to receive back into my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given. To him he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. Kind of powerful story there. You know, all that Jesus taught and all that he did and says, all about the kingdom. I, mean, I found that often. Isn't it crazy? The main message of Jesus was the kingdom, yet we often never hear of that. And so I want us to really get a, a heart and a, and, and a vision for, for kingdom. It's great to have vision for church, but really it's all about kingdom. I didn't realize that. It's about the kingdom. And Jesus is, all the miracles, all the teachings, all the, particularly the miracles and the, and the signs and the wonders that Jesus performed, were there to, they're all, they're all demonstrations of the kingdom. 
He was manifesting the kingdom. Every time he healed someone, it was a, a, a revelation, it was a revealing of the kingdom. He was showing that in the, the goodness of God, how good God was, how kind God was, how merciful God was. So all the, the miracles all that he performed were expressions, demonstrations of kingdom. The Sermon on the Mount. Really, it's how to live in kingdom. It's kingdom lifestyle. It's how that we are to live in the kingdom. In other words, our attitudes... Our lifestyles have got to be completely different from the world because we are part of another kingdom. We're in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus says, this is the lifestyle. These are the attitudes. This is the way you give. This is the way you you, you bless others. This is the way you have mercy and generosity because this is how you live in kingdom. It may be like this in the world, but in the kingdom it's different. We live with a different lifestyle, a different attitude, a totally different way of living because we're in the kingdom. So everything Jesus said, everything he taught was all connected to kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom of God. The kingdom actually is a, is a two-way look at it. This is sorry, a little bit from our minds, but the kingdom is both here and now and about and also to come. <laughs> Let me see that. So it's almost this kind of connection together. The kingdom is here, but the kingdom is also yet to come at the same time. And the kingdom will be, if you like, fully revealed, fully manifested when Jesus comes back. Amen. How many realise that? How many feel? and see the signs of the times and you sense and realise that his coming is nigh, his coming is near. So many things are happening, so many things are, so much part about the world, the shaking of the nations, is, is, is pointing to the very fact of the soon and intimate return of Jesus Christ. So that's the full coming of the kingdom. So this kingdom is coming, it's already here and it's about to come. And, all, and, and the parables came a result, really, from Matthew 24, where the disciples ask a question. And this is the question they ask. When is your kingdom about to be revealed and demonstrated and manifested? And so the parables that Jesus tells, really, are the answer to their question in Matthew 24. This is how the kingdom is going to be revealed and manifested and demonstrated. And in Matthew 25, you see three parables, really. There's the parable of the, of, 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 of the ten, the wise and the not-so-wise virgins, about the oil, how for kingdom to be revealed, that we need to have vessels that are filled with the oil of God. We're filled with God and we're, we're filled with Him and, and we're intimate and close to Him. And that's so vital for kingdom revelation, for kingdom manifestation, that we have the oil of God flowing and moving in us. Can you say amen? So we're read and prepared. There's another one that, that's where Jesus tells about the fact that, that you know, I was in prison and you didn't, didn't visit me and I was hungry and you didn't feed me. How part of the kingdom is that we care, we reach out, we're, we're caring, we're, we're touching the broken and the hurting. That's part of kingdom manifestation. And so here, this parable of the talents, we're going to need to see it's all about the kingdom and how the kingdom is revealed and manifested and demonstrated right here and now. I want you to get a hold of that, because that's, that's the powerful truth. It's not a nice story. It's how we, as believers, reveal and manifest and demonstrate the kingdom of God. Unless you see that, 
You'll never fully understand this parable. But how the kingdom is revealed and manifested. And this is what it's about, really. And this is what kind of I'm, I'm realizing more and more. That the kingdom is revealed and manifested and demonstrated through the gifts, the abilities, the resources that God puts within us. That's how God manifested his kingdom. And what I was saying in Tuesday, that we position ourselves for a move of God. Amen? And the way we do it is through various, you know, we're talking about prayer and repentance, all these things. But one way that we, we, we position ourselves for God to work and move through us is by using the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the resources that God has placed in our life. In other words, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has put within us have the ability to release the kingdom of God. That the kingdom is manifested and revealed as we use the abilities and the talents that God puts within us, then we can release those and it brings kingdom impact. The kingdom of God is revealed and demonstrated by the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has put within us. How many believe that's a powerful truth? In other words, let's look at it from a negative side. If I don't use my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my resources that God has put within me, I don't use those, then the kingdom is hindered. You see that? If I use them, the kingdom is advanced and demonstrated and revealed. If I don't use them, then the kingdom is limited and held back. Because you have unique talents and gifts and abilities that God wants to use to bring supernatural impact on our world. Amen? Now, when we grasp that, when we realise that, we see, really, this is all about being a good steward. It's about stewardship. It's about stewarding what God has placed within my hands and using it for kingdom purpose and kingdom advantage. Let me say that's powerful truth right there, right in our hearts. For example, I, I, so we think of gifts, talents, abilities, all these things. What about spiritual gifts? How many have found that through spiritual gifts, the kingdom is released in your life. We had a, some gifts right here this morning. And something of the kingdom was released through that. In other words, maybe when God gives us a word, a gift in some way, if I don't use that, then as we gather together this morning, then some of us may have, have lost out on something we could have gained. Can we see that? A word was given and you didn't kind of give that word. And because you didn't give that word, then the kingdom and the impact of it didn't have full manifestation because I didn't respond to it and use what God had given me. And that's true of every gift, every talent, every ability. We are responsible for what God places in our hands. It's there to be used for the kingdom. That covers all kinds of things. That covers your career. Do you realise your job, your career that God has given you is part of kingdom impact? I'm really... The reason I... Be, the ways I became a Christian, if you like, was because I had a Christian teacher. I would never have gone to church. I know that. within my, I would never have gone to church. No way. But because of an impact of a Christian teacher at my school, it had such an impact on my life, it made me begin to look into the things of God because of the influence. And right there, you, the workplace you're in, there's a place and a way that, that God... You're not there just by accident, if you like. You're there by 
kingdom assignment. That is your assignment. You, that's, your, if you are, that's part of your mission. That's part of your assignment. That's part of your gifts and your talents right there. To be used to manifest kingdom. Can you say amen? That covers all kinds of things. I remember one... I think, it was Paul, I think it might have even been Neil that told this story. Neil Hudson. I think I'm possibly thinking it was him. About a guy... He, he worked at Tesco's. And he thought... Oh, how is that anything to do with the kingdom or anything to God? I think, sorry, was it? I think it was someone like Tesco's. I think it was Neil or someone said to him, realise that's a mission. That's a mission field right there. And he suddenly had his eyes open to see that working at Tesco's, all the customers he met, all the various people he worked with, that was his mission field. So we, we begin to see the whole of our lives, all that we are, all our talents, all our abilities. Whatever God has places, whatever we're doing, is part of kingdom release and kingdom manifestation and it's a way, a means to bring the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? The kingdom being manifested. And here's what I, really what I felt on that Tuesday, but I didn't really share about The way that, that God releases his kingdom, the way we position ourselves for a move of God it's by using the gifts, talents, and abilities God has put in us. And I've seen that happen time and time again. That when people have stepped out and used what God has placed in their hands, something of God is released. Something of the kingdom is manifested as I position myself. And this is what this story is all about. Right here in Matthew. Using gifts, talents, and abilities to bring about the kingdom. Now let's get a picture of this story. As I said before, the kingdom is about, is, is also looking into the future. So we're told, here is a, a king who, is, who goes into a far country. That's a picture of Jesus, who we feel like has returned into heaven. The servants are believers. Followers of the king, who are there to advance his kingdom. He distributes talents to everyone. Everyone necessarily didn't receive the same talent, but they all received a talent. Do you see that? So every believer, everybody received, according to their capacity, everyone, best way to describe it, everyone has been given a X factor. You know what I'm talking about X factor? People who have got no friends, usually, but you know what I'm saying? But the point is, everybody has an X factor. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has something that God has given them. Everybody has something that God has given them. Abilities, resources, talents. And the issue is, is what we do with them. Everybody has, I like to call this, potential. Potential really are the resources of the kingdom that God gives you so you can fulfill your assignments and your God given kingdom purpose. Potential really is, is, is ability. It's reserved power. It's untapped strength. It's hidden talents. It's capabilities. All that you can be, but have not yet become. All you can do, but you've not yet done. All you can reach, but you've not yet reached. All you can accomplish, but you've not yet accomplished. It's hidden talent or hidden potential in the sense it's not yet been fully revealed and exposed. And here's the greatest tragedy really of all. This is what I'm talking about, advancing the kingdom. This is why I believe with all my heart, if I'm honest, that 
why the kingdom has not been manifested and revealed to the fullness of what God has probably desired. And here's the tragedy of it. Is that we're not the that many will live their whole lives without fully releasing their full potential. Gifts that have never been used. Talents that have never been fully tapped into. All kinds of gifts and abilities that God put within people. Potential that was there in them. And they live their whole life and never fully revealed and manifested the potential that was there within them. Someone told me a story once, and I think I've even preached it here because it kind of struck me when I heard it. It was so, such an amazing thing what this guy said, and I never forgot it. He asked this question, he says, where are the richest places on the face of the earth? Someone said, South Africa. The gold mines, the diamond mines of South Africa, that's a pretty rich place, isn't it? Yeah. The oil fields of the Middle East, how many would think that's a pretty wealthy place? And we all, everyone who's done all these things said no. He says, the richest place on the face of the earth are the graveyards. And he says, this is the reason. Because in those graveyards are dreams that were never fulfilled. Books that were never written. Songs that were never, never played or never used. Politicians that never really became politicians. All kinds of stuff. And I thought, how powerful, what a powerful truth that is. How tragic. For people to live the whole of their lives and never fully fulfill the potential that God created them to fulfill. He said, Amen. Now, this parable is about that, really. About the challenge of it. About the importance of it. Now, notice this. That God gives various gifts. Various kinds of gifts are distributed to his servants. And he tells them that, that the ones who use it, the Bible says they trade the gifts that was given to them. They traded them. And to trade means you give up something in order to give something back. And, he, and basically, servants have to be proactive in advancing his kingdom. To trade means that you activate what you have for the king's interest. And that's what we need to get a hold of. They realised the gifts, the talents that they had in, in their hands was all about the king's interest. You'll never fill your potential unless you, you realise it's all for the king's interest. It's all for the king's advance. It's not necessarily for you, it's for you to advance kingdom. It's all for the king's interest. And because one man never realised that, he thought it was all about him, he never used it. But those who had a, a vision, a heart for kingdom, for the king's glory, used what had been given them. I want to see also about this, because this is what strikes me. You know one of the things we never hear very much about today? Are eternal things. Right? We never hear about eternity. We're so focused on the here and now, not that, not that that's not important, but often we, we lose, sometimes we never hear that much about eternity, about building up a big balance in eternity, amen? And Jesus is saying, the way you build up a bank balance in heaven, how many want a big bank balance in heaven? The way you kind of gain the rewards and build up your bank balance in heaven, if you like, is using 
what God has placed in your hands. Using his resources. Using the stuff he's put there for kingdom advantage. And he says, such a person that when the king returns, the rewards. He notices. He's aware of it. And he evaluates our lives by what we do. By the resources and the gifts and the talents is placed with his hands. How we use them, what we do with them. That's, we're told, how we evaluate the things of our life. There's something that the Bible says that, that everyone in the kingdom is great. We don't often see ourselves that way. If you were to say, I'm great, something in you would feel, oh, would feel it's gone a little bit, you know, a bit boasting, I'm great. But you know what? There is greatness in the kingdom. We are told to be great in the kingdom. And I think something in us burns and says, yeah, I'm, I'm born for greatness. Something in us, something I think part of God's DNA is put within us, is an incredible passion. And something that says, I am born for greatness. Let me show you a verse if you kind of think that's a bit weird or a bit extremities. But I want you to see it's how we measure greatness. Look at Matthew 20, verse 26. It's how we measure greatness. Our idea, often the world's idea of greatness, is somebody who, you know, who's well, who's well recognised in our world, or, or someone who has, who's reached the height of their career, maybe, or, or, or built great wealth. Up. And that's often in our world how we measure greatness. Now, God is not about. God is God is created us for greatness, but his, his idea of greatness is very different to our idea of greatness. Matthew 20, verse 26. Who says in Matthew 20, verse 26? Yes, it shall not be among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him become a servant. Whoever desires to be great, Look at Matthew 18, verse 1. At that time the disciples came to Jesus and saying, Who is then the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child in the midst of, of him and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become a little child, you will be in no means be able to enter the kingdom of God. Whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So there we see two pictures of kingdom. What's great? What, what is to be truly great? The first way it's measured is on your servant heart and your willingness to obey. So the greater my servant heart, the more willing I am to obey, the more obedient I am, the more I'm recognised as great in the kingdom. You see that? The higher the servant, the greater in the kingdom. The more obedient, the greater in the kingdom. The next expression of of greatness is told in having an attitude of a child. Becoming childlike. The word converted there, that word has been so blown out of all proportion, but the word converted means for God to restore all that we were meant to be. And I think that means including all the gifts, all the talents, all the abilities God's put within us, 
that part of that conversion is they reach their fullness in our lives. That we become everything that God meant us to be. That's the full level of conversion, to be all that God created you to be, with everything else connected to that. And one of the ways that begins to take place is, is, is by childlikeness. Having childlike trust. Having a childlike attitude. That you're not so full of complications and, 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 and reason, but there's a childlike trust. And a childlike belief that God can do amazing things with your life. Isn't it amazing when you look at children? Don't they, don't, don't they have amazing dreams? I can think without children. They had amazing dreams. They, they wanted to, you know, they would dream to be a prime minister. Or they would dream, how many, how many dreamt to be an astronaut? You know, Sid, he used to, he used to dream of being number nine at Man United. <laughs> and, you know, I, I dreamt to be a footballer, to, to score the winning goal for Birmingham City at Wembley. That was, and we have just amazing dreams. The tragedy is, the older we get, that's probably a, a nightmare actually rather than a dream. But, but the point is that the older we get, the, la, the, the, less our, the, the smaller our dreams become. Almost, yeah, if I can just get through life and just survive today, I'm happy kind of thing. And we lose the ability to dream big dreams. To have great ideas. To do big things. Because the older we get, it kind of shrivels up in us. Jesus says, listen, get back your childlike attitude. Begin to dream big again. Begin to have great ideas again. Begin to believe that God's put big things in you that could do amazing things, that could transform a nation, that could transform an island, the stuff that God's put within you. Dream again, amen? Refuse to live a life that's just going to be status quo, that's just going to be survival, that's just going to get through the next day. But believe Big things that God can do. Mighty, great things through your life. Amen? Because God can take your talents and your gifts and your abilities to do awesome things to your life. Now, I want to look at the, these... Let's get back to... Look at, the, look at the, the phrase that Jesus used here. He says that he describes the people with the talents in three ways. He says, good... Faithful servants. So a person who uses their abilities, their talents, their giftings for kingdom advance is defined in three ways. Good, faithful servants. Think of the word good. Jesus of Nazareth went around doing good. How many believe God's good? He's a good God. One of the great attacks of the enemy in these days is, is, to, is to define and, and, and try to distort the image and the character of God. But God is good, and all that he does is good. Now, I found that the power of using our gifts, our ability, and talents is the amazing ability to do good. You know what, one, one thing, people will never forget a good act you did for them. Isn't that right? I guarantee if you think of someone right now, you'll remember something good they did for your life. Is that right? It's amazing the power of doing acts of kindness, acts of mercy, good things for people, the impact that has on someone's life. How many, how many have received that and their own life been blessed because someone did something good for you and you remember that? 
It's had an amazing kingdom influence in your life. It caused you to be enthusiastic. It put a zeal in you. It put a, a new work of God in you because someone did something good for you. They blessed you in some way. And God's given us that ability to use that to bless others. Could be to write a note of encouragement. Could be to make a dinner for some friend, for a neighbour. Take the pastor's dog for a walk. No, I'm only joking. That one. But you know, <laughs> I wish I'd anyone. But the point is that you that you're looking for means and ways to be good. That God has given me resources to bless somebody else. I don't think ignorance is always a good excuse. Is that right? Because sometimes we've got to reach out and find out and and, and step out. So you use, and God says, you're good. You've reused your resources, your talents, not just to, to, to spend on you, but you've used your gifts, your talents to, to reach out and bless somebody else. And because that, that's good. Next thing he uses is the phrase, faithful. And here's the incredible thing. is if you're faithful with the small then God increases it. If you're not faithful with the little, then God doesn't increase it. You know what I've found, and this is true in life, uh, have you heard of Billy Graham? This thing's come out just recently, I think he's 60, 60 years or something crazy, they preached, which is amazing. But you know what, Billy Graham didn't start off preaching to mass, mass, mass crusades. How many realise that? He started off preaching to just a small, two or three people. That's how he began. Actually, in fact, in fact, he began teaching Sunday school, but he grew. He began to preach to open airs and maybe about five people there. But he was faithful in the small things. And that's true of so many people. I remember reading about Reinhard Bonker, who used to preach week after week in an open air, in a bus shelter, and three people would be there, week in, week out. He did it for years and years, and only three people would turn up as he preached. But he was faithful in the little things that God gave him to do, the small things, if you like. And there's something about that. See, one talent seems so small. So I think that guy looked at that one talent and thought, what's the good of that? Just a little thing. That doesn't make much difference. That's not important. But God wants you to recognise the things he puts in your life, no matter how small they seem, have an incredible ability to do amazing things. And if we're faithful with the small, he begins to increase. He begins to develop. He begins to grow. He begins to enlarge. He begins to multiply. Because you're faithful with the small, so God begins to enlarge you in all kinds of ways. Can you say amen? I found that time and time again. If we would just grasp that fact, I think right there we'd see revival. Just being faithful with the small, just the, the small resources he's pouring in his hands. I think I've never shared this. The story of, I think it was Dale Moon, no, it wasn't. I'm trying to think of his name now. One who built all the homes there. Uh, uh, what's his name? Anyway, someone went, he, was, he, he built all, all, loads of homes, uh, orphanages basically, and he needed £100,000 of the day to build a new one. And one little boy gave him a penny. And he says, thank you Lord, I've got my orphanage. Because he realised by the releasing of the small, great things would be released. Because the point is, if he was to build that orphanage, he, was gonna, he, was gonna, he'd had, he, he now had one penny less towards his money. Amen? Start in the small so God can build the big. 
Don't despise the small things. That's what the Bible says. If you're faithful with the small, then I'm going to enlarge the great. Can you say amen? If we're not faithful with what we have, then nothing else is added to us. Here's the third thing. He said, good, faithful, servant. Servant. Servant heart. In other words, it's doing the right thing with the right heart. Sometimes you can do the right thing with the wrong heart. Amen? And it's about doing the right thing with the right attitude with the right heart. In other words, it's God grant to me a heart of servanthood. Help me to see that the measure of my life is the measure of my servanthood. How I serve you and how I serve others. Give me a heart that has the ability to serve. Because if, if you, you use your gifts, your abilities and talents with the motivation to serve. That's what grips you. That's what motivates you. You serve the king and you serve others. And when that becomes your motivation, when that becomes the goal and the purpose of your life, kingdom is released right there. Jesus, instead of Jesus, he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Remember, I'm still staggered when I read the, the washing of the feet. Peter couldn't cope with it. Jesus was washing his feet. What did he say to him? This is an example. If I have, as I have served you, then you serve others. Be a servant. Allow your life to be a vehicle and a vessel to serve. Now here's the point I want to see. Because they were good, because they were faithful, because they had a servant heart, he says, enter into the joy of the Lord. Believe it or not, that is the key to joy. People in our day are miserable because they don't do good things, they don't serve, and they're not faithful. So they're miserable inside. But the more these things work in you, the incredible thing is you, be, you become the most happiest person around. Some of the most happiest people you ever meet in life are often those who have just got this incredible depth of servant heart. We have to find it when you go overseas and parts of the world. You, you see incredible hearts of servanthood. I remember one guy, I never forget it, so when I was in Kenya, and I remember going to that, this lady's house, actually, it was this lady's house, and she had nothing in her house. All she had was a piece of bread. That's all she had. And she gave me her last piece of bread. I didn't want to eat it. I really did not want to eat it. But the pastor there said, look, take it, because she wants to serve you. She wants to bless you. One thing that struck me about that lady, she was probably the happiest lady I ever met. She just bubbled with joy. Almost it was a joy for us to release something into the kingdom. Enter into the joy of the Lord. When you release something, when you use your talent and your gifts, it releases such a depth of joy. It's so amazing. A joy that nothing in this world can grasp. When you're in the purpose of God, when you're in the place of the kingdom, when you're in that assignment that he's put upon your life and you're serving him with the assignment and the gifts and your talent he's given you to do, I tell you the result will be amazing joy. You're just so happy. You're so joyful. Because that's what God, why? Because you're fulfilling the creative purpose that God has created you for. Let me just kind of close it. Go down to verse 27 of this kind of thing here right there.
I'm going to read verse 27. Let's go to verse 26. Sorry, verse 25. I knew it was there somewhere. It says, I was what? Afraid. I was afraid. What holds us back from using our gifts, our abilities, our talents, our resources? I guarantee the one thing that holds us back is that we're afraid, we're fearful. The fear of stepping out. The fear of taking a risk. The fear of what people would think. All kinds of fears often limit us from stepping out. We're afraid, we're fearful. The thing that stopped this man stepping out was he was afraid. And because he was afraid, he withheld what job on there in preparation. And that can be true of our lives. But when God puts something in us, sometimes it's the fear that holds us back. What would it mean? How would it disturb my life? How would it affect my life? How would it, what, what would be the price? What would be, would be the cost of me using that? And often I guarantee the one thing that holds many back is fear. Maybe a Sunday morning, God gives you a word. What holds you back? And we'd say it's fear. Is that right? Fear. And fear stopped this man from withholding his potential. And I think fear is a major weapon of the enemy that keeps many people back from using the potential, the abilities and the talents that God has placed in their life. Let me close with this because it's interesting what he says. He says, why didn't you go an investor in the banks. In other words, why didn't you allow, why didn't you go and connect with somebody else? There's another, a real amazing point there. That often, if you often connect with somebody else, strengthen someone else, help somebody else to fulfill their dream, help somebody else to develop their gifting, it's amazing how God can use it in you. Amen. How many realize that for Elisha to have the double of Elijah, he had to serve Elisha to become Elisha? And you find that time and time again throughout the Bible. That as you serve, as you enable others to fulfill their potential, then God begins to bless and work in you. Can you say amen? You work, you, 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 you partner with others. And by doing that, God will... Raise something up in you. Let me close with this. That What is this really all about when it comes down to it? It's really down to one thing, really. It's seeking first the kingdom. It's saying every gift, every talent, every ability, every resource I have, primarily, it's for the kingdom. That's the focus of it. That's what I've got it for. I've got it for kingdom advantage. I've got it so we can actually advance the kingdom. And here's the question. What are we doing with gifts, talents, abilities, resources? How much of it is used for kingdom advance? How much of it is used 
with a kingdom mentality and a kingdom vision and a kingdom heart. So that God can take it and, and cause it to be multiplied and grown and eternally it then ends up in receiving eternal rewards. I mean, that's amazing. Because actually what you're giving back is only what God's given you to in the first place. Is that right? It was his already. You're only giving back what he's already given to you. You're only using what God's given to you in the first place to use for him anyway. It just gives you the responsibility and the choice of whether that is how you are going to spend it on. Seek first the kingdom and then everything else begins to be added into your life. The things we lack, the the, the things that we need for life come as a result of what we do with what is given us. Amen. Let's just stand right now before the Lord. I want you to spend... So we just come before him right now. I just want you to open your heart to the Lord. Maybe some of us need to dream again. Say, God, today, give me a childlike heart again. I just want you right now to say, God, what really, ultimately speaking, what's in my hand? What have you given to me? What's the gifts? Because the greatest thing in your life, so actually, why am I on this earth for? What, why has God placed me here? Why has he put those assignments and gifts and talents in my life? What are they there for? What, I, what actually am I on this planet for? But i tell you why, it's for some aspect of kingdom and assignment, every one of us. We need to reach out to us and say, Lord, today, maybe you're not even quite sure of, of what that is, but you're, you're going to offer to God in these moments what he's given to you. I want you to think of every talent, every bit of resource you have in your heart and in your life. And I, and I want you to sort of say, Lord, I'm releasing it now to you. Maybe there's things that you've kind of withheld and held back. Because it could have been because of fear. Because you've been afraid. Because you're not quite sure of the consequence of what could happen if you did that. But right now you're going to say, God, here's my talents, here's my giftings, here's everything I am. I'm coming to the altar. And I'm saying, Lord, even though it seems so small, it might even seem so insignificant. But Lord, I'm giving it to you. May just appear to be one talent, but wherever that is, I want you to take it and use it to, to take the kingdom. So open your heart right now. Say, Lord, I take what's in my hands. Just lift it up to him. Say, Lord, I'm giving it to you right now. I'm giving to you all that I have. Just use me for your kingdom glory. Take everything I am and everything I have and use it for your kingdom glory. For your kingdom can be advanced right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just pray this prayer after me from your heart. Say, dear Lord, right now, I give to you all that I am, my talents, my abilities, my gifts, my resources. Take them and use them for your kingdom's cause. Use everything I have for your kingdom's cause. 
I lay down on, Lord, I lay down on your feet right now and say, Lord, take it and use it for your glory. Use it for your kingdom. Cause it to advance and to bring your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I just take and use it right now for your glory. Father, we pray. I pray right now, Lord. Touch every heart. Touch every life. I pray for your kingdom to come. For your kingdom to be advanced. For your anointing, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your anointings. Your assignments to fall on hearts. Right now, I pray for you to speak right now. Right in the midst of hearts. Assignments would be revealed. Gifting, talents, people, things that people have never even been aware of before will suddenly be realized and recognized and will be released for your mighty kingdom, Lord. All that we are and all that we have, we offer it now to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is wonderful and God is faithful. I've been John, while John was preaching, the Lord placed in my heart. Right last night, the Lord gave me a vision. And I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to bow myself and take any pride because of the glory to Jesus Christ. And I felt that when John said about being obedient and being obedient to the things of God, I saw last night that I was walking into, he said, he said, why is the gate and narrow is the way to salvation? And I was walking, I saw this massive castle, it was a massive castle, like a royal castle, and I was walking through the castle, and when I look back, I saw all these people behind me, and I could see all these people that were left them behind, and they shut the gate, and I went to the gate, and I said, please let me in, and they said, well, no, we don't let you in me, not you, and not these other people, those people that follow you, they're going to stay behind, and I said, let me in, and they opened the gate, and let me in, and when I opened the gate, I looked through the top and I could see my wife coming to approach in the castle. And I said, let my wife in, please. I'm going to be obedient. We're going to be faithful. And I just say to this church today, let us be serious. Let us be obedient to the things of God. Let us not take the things of God for granted. And like the pastor said today, let us be obedient and fulfill the promise of God. Let us to harvest. Let us go out there to the will of God. And the Lord keep you and bless you. This is what I have to share. And all I've been obedient to my Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you need prayer this morning, maybe, I don't know, maybe something in your heart, you just want something stirred up in you. The Bible says stir up the gifts in you. and Maybe something in you, you recognize, I said, would you just pray that God would stir up that gift within me right now? You may need prayer for healing this morning, so we're happy to do that this morning. So we're just going to close, but if you need prayer, then if you like, the, the, the altars are open, and you need prayer this morning, we'd love to pray for you. So let's just worship the Lord as we close this morning. and. Let's continue throughout this day, throughout this week, saying, God, I thought time is a gift God gives to you. The Bible says, redeem the time. Even that is part of who we are, that we use our time again in everything we are. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. 